Welcome back to Be the Sought After Entrepreneur podcast. This is episode number 17, and I'm your host, Katherine Thompson. Thank you as always for tuning into this episode, but you know the drill. Before we dive in, I want to give a big shout out to one of our listeners of the week. Stacy wrote, I was listening to Catherine's podcast while I was working on a new business plan. It was perfect timing. Her content is so relatable and really resonates with me. Definitely a great reminder to be my true authentic self, which is what I'm all about. It's great for entrepreneurs, but to be honest, everyone should listen to it. Thank you, Stacy, for taking the time to leave a review, and I'm happy to hear you find the content relatable and that it resonates with you. My goal is always to share my stories and my perspectives, my lived experiences with y'all, and to show you and give you permission to be your authentic self. That is what I am also all about, so I'm glad you are too. I love reading every review that comes in, so don't forget to leave one as it helps me know my message is resonating and helping you. Plus, I love shouting you guys out each and every week. Now, I am super excited for today's guest, Liz Pazarin. She's going to share with you how to find the courage to start a business around your life purpose. Liz Pazarin is a licensed therapist, life coach, and speaker who helps people around the world let go of what they should do and embrace what they feel connected to, ultimately thriving in their purpose. She helps folks walk away from their unfulfilled jobs and lifestyles and step into their dream career and cultivate the life they always desired. With nearly a decade of counseling experience, Liz utilizes her unique skill set to guide women to tap into their deep soul so they can shatter the box of limited belief and embrace their inner magic. Sounds amazing, right? After generating over a million dollars in sales and selling one of her businesses with a single email, your host, Katherine Thompson, takes an unconventional approach to marketing and sales. So if you're ready to tap into a more powerful way to be seen, heard, and a sought-after entrepreneur in your industry without having to spend endless hours marketing your business and chasing clients, you're in the right place. Be the Sought-After Entrepreneur Podcast is here to help you ditch the cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all approach to marketing and use your unique energy to effortlessly attract the most aligned clients. When you do this, you can spend less time marketing your business and more time doing your soul work and enjoying the richness of your life. Welcome to Be the Sought After Entrepreneur Podcast. And here's your host, Katherine Thompson. Well, hey, 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 so excited to have Liz on the show today. She's going to be talking all about how to ditch the shoulds, how to pursue your purpose and your passion in life, and really how to find the courage to go after your dreams and live in your magic, so to speak. So without further ado, I just want to welcome Liz to the show. Hey, Liz, how's it going? Hello. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. It's going well. How are you? I am good. I am good. So where are you tuning in from? I just, I know we connected a little bit before this, but I just love sharing with my listeners how amazing the internet is and able to connect with people all over the world, really. So I've had guests from like Norway, obviously the States, that sort of thing. And so I just love, love for my listeners to know where you're tuning in from today. Yes, I am tuning in from East Tennessee, USA. So I'm near the Smoky Mountains and it is beautiful. Ah, awesome. My mother actually hiked in the Smoky Mountains a couple of years ago at like, 
late 60s, 67 or 68. Yeah, I know. She was like, it's the craziest thing I ever did. So, but she said it was beautiful. (laughs) It is. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And fall is right around the corner and we're going to get some beautiful colors. So yeah, come visit. (laughs) Awesome. Yes. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your business and who you serve. Yeah. So I am kind of multifaceted. I am a licensed therapist as well as a life purpose coach and a business mentor and just a general life coach as well. So I really help people uncover their magic and cover their skill sets, figure out what is not serving them and how to ditch that and how to step into what they feel called to do and doing that with alignment and ease so that you can be successful in your personal life and in your business life too. So amazing. And I know that a lot of our listeners, you know, and a message that I'm, you know, super passionate about promoting as well as like really ditching, you know, the shoulds and really going after what you want in life. So why did you get into this? Like, what was it that sort of sparked that? Yeah, good question. Um, It would be my own personal meltdown. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think I'm no one special. I always share that I'm nobody special. I'm an average girl. And I really followed the path that everyone told me to follow. So I got the good grades. I went to college right away. I got the degree. I went on to master's to get higher education. I just did everything that was externally expected. And I thought that was what happiness was going to be. I thought you would wake up after doing all of that stuff with pure magic and joy in your life. And what ended up happening is I woke up in a job that I hated and I suddenly realized this was not at all who I wanted to be. I had no passion for it. I was exhausted. I was drained. I was having physical ailments from it. My relationships were struggling and I just kind of hit rock bottom. So when I was in that place, I thought, oh crap, something's got to change. I can't do this. Unfortunately, what society has told me to do isn't going to work. So <laughs> let's, let's go back to the drawing board and start over. And that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do because I had built a really successful career for a decade, you know, and a lot of people do this where they have worked so far. How do you let go of that and start over? And I don't believe you're really ever starting over. I think you're just taking the knowledge you already have and shifting it. But that was a big process and a big leap. And then I discovered what I really want to do and how I really want to help and serve. And so now I help people do that for themselves. So amazing. And I know that our story, like so in alignment, like I spent 15 years in corporate, eventually ditched that, had got an undergraduate, got a master's, invested a lot in education. And exactly like you said, realized at some point, like this is just not the life I want to live. I wasn't passionate about it. I wasn't feeling fulfilled. There was really no joy around what I was doing. And so if you can share with our listeners, I know you said that the process was really hard to like sort of make that change and you had kind of hit rock bottom. And I think a lot of people eventually hit rock bottom and that's kind of what is the catalyst for change. So in terms of like how hard it was, can you describe why it was so hard? Mm, oh my gosh. I love when people ask this. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Rain me in if I go on a tangent here. <laughs> <All good. laughs> I think there was so many layers to the difficulty. One thing was I had to unpack and break down my belief system around who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. That was really hard to deconstruct. 
And it showed up as like me questioning everything. Like, am I making the right choice? Like, is this just me being unhappy? Is this a first world problem? Like I was just doubting myself over and over again. When you're in that level of self-doubt, everything is paralyzing. Every decision you make is so hard. You don't know left from right. (laughs) And that was, you know, when I was hitting rock bottom, I was like, I know I can't do what I'm currently doing, but I have no clue which direction to go in. Where do you go from here? Who do I call? Like, who do I hire? How do I do this? So I think that is what it really started to look like in the beginning and just that overwhelm. And when you have this overwhelm, you know, I started having anxiety. I had a few panic attacks where I ended up in the ER thinking, dying. I'm definitely not dying. They're just like, you got a lot of stress sister. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, that's really vulnerable. And I was so embarrassed at the time, but it was such a wake up call of, okay, we need to not only look at what you're doing in your daily life, but inward, like what kind of beliefs do you have about yourself, about your work, about your life journey, And so that was, that was like the biggest struggle. And then I was already in a job that I did. I couldn't get out of, like I had contracts signed. So, yeah. so then there was that piece where you kind of feel a little trapped. Like, oh shoot, I'm in this, like, I have to stay. How do I make the best of it? How do I keep a mindset of gratitude and intention while I'm there? So again, you know, I think that was the the pieces that looked really hard. And that's when I knew I needed help because it was so overwhelming. I had to hire someone. I couldn't do this on my own. And I did. I hired a therapist to work through my own inner struggle and a life coach to figure out how the heck to leave my day job and do something different. What was that going to be? Yeah. So awesome. And I know there's a couple points that I want to dive into a little bit more. You talked about you know, it's not like you're starting over. You don't believe in starting over. And I think that's so real important for our listeners to understand and get because I'm the queen of pivots, but I know when I decided to leave corporate and go full-time in entrepreneurship, I was terrified because I had spent so much of my time, money, effort on a career. And I felt like I was walking away from it. So can you share with our listeners, like any words of sort of like encouragement or empowerment of like the whole notion of like, you're really not starting over from scratch. Mm, Yes. I totally had to psych myself out of that mentality because I did believe I was starting over. And the reality that I, that I want everyone to know is you have such unique skill sets from all of your life experience. That is so special to you. That job that you have, you know, maybe hated, it still gave you, whether it was interpersonal skills or an experience of what doesn't serve you, what you can take from that will always be with you and it will always be applicable in some way. Maybe not the exact task you're doing, but the experience that you've had. And again, like your story, your journey is so special and unique to you. You will always keep that and be able to implement it. And what I realized from my past jobs and how I've brought it into my work today is now I have immense compassion yeah, <laughs> and understanding that I can get it. And that in and of itself is huge when you're working with a coach. You want them to understand your where you're at. Also knowing how to make those pivots, I can guide people in doing that because I know what pivots to make. So whatever it may be for you, you're going to be able to take that on in the future. And it doesn't mean you're starting over at all. It just means that you're shifting gears and you're going to be wiser, smarter, and greater for it. 
Yeah, so powerful in terms of like, it's everything that we do in life is part of our story going forward. And so as we evolve, you can use that in helping other people pivot and do all of those things because of your own experience. And it's totally unique to you. So question about being a therapist and asking for help. I know a lot of the women that I work with are high achievers. And it's hard for them to ask for help. And I know even for me to like ask for copywriting or messaging or communication or marketing help. I often fought with the I'm a fraud. If I'm asking somebody else who is an expert like me, like I have this sort of like imposter syndrome. And I know a lot of the women that I work with sort of feel the same thing. Well, I don't want to hire somebody when I'm a therapist, I should be able to help myself sort of thing. So like, how did you find the courage to like actually ask for the help? Or did you struggle with knowing that you needed the help and and asking for it? Yeah, it was a very humbling experience. Okay. (laughs) I think there was a part of me that felt shame. I felt a little, I was embarrassed that, holy cow, I'm trained. And mind you, um, here in the States, you have to go to therapy to become a therapist. Like it's a requirement. Ah, amazing. Yeah, it is. So for me to become a therapist, I had to get certain amount of hours of personal therapy. And my personal therapist had to sign off saying that I'm mentally and emotionally stable to then help others, which I think is very important. Totally. So that was to my benefit. However, it was years later that then I realized I have to go back. And there was a moment where I thought, oh gosh, am I a failure? Like, how did this happen? I should have known better. When I should have seen the signs, all the shoulds, right? I just should on myself. And I think when it hit me the hardest was when I was in the urgent care thinking I'm having a heart problem. And they're honestly the kindest people sitting with me saying, you know, hey, you had a stress test. You're just under severe stress. And we really want to refer you to the local therapist. And I was like, I burst into tears. I was so mortified, which I shouldn't have been. You do not need to be, you know, thank goodness for beautiful, wonderful people that are there to help. So never feel shame if that happens. But internally I was like, oh my gosh, what a dork Liz. Like, how did you do, like, how did you fall into this category? Like, oh my gosh. But it was that moment where I said, okay, like whatever I have to do, I don't have any more room to try and pretend I don't need help because yeah. I need it. So it was very vulnerable. And I also had a hard time finding a therapist because I know a lot of what they're going to do and say, right? Because that's what I do and say. Yeah. So I had to, you know, take the time to find the right person for me. And I think that was the biggest thing is you kind of have to humble, be humble and just go for it. It's hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. I think like just you saying being humble, I think that's like a you know, I always say I like had to swallow a pill, like, mm-hmm. I had to just like, suck up my own pride kind of thing and just ask for the help when needed. Because it was something that I've always struggled with is asking for help. And I know, again, like I said, a lot of my listeners are those high achievers that have that hard time just, yeah, asking for help, but it is a humbling process for sure. So how did you overcome? Like, I know you got the help and all of that. But was it kind of like an once you had the help, was it instantaneously? Or is it sort of like this evolving process, even today, of like still dealing with the shoulds? Like, it it doesn't go away. (laughs) Yeah, it's come a long ways. It's definitely come a long ways. It's not gone away. And I am a high achiever. I, you know, I wanted to do everything on my own to the nth degree. I always had to be the first at whatever and 
be great at it. I come from like a high achieving family as well, which does not help. Yeah, <laughs> they're, one, they're all incredible humans and I'm so lucky to be related to them, but it was very competitive growing up. So to think that I had to have it all together, knowing that I didn't was the first thing I had to overcome and knowing that you don't have to have it all together. No one has it all together. Yeah. Knowing that you might see one facade or picture of somebody, but I can guarantee you that there's cobwebs somewhere in not a bad way, just a real way. Like we all have, you know, a closet in our house. It's totally messy and it's okay, whether it's the garage or something else. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think the process of overcoming the shoulds was, you know, I did a lot of mindset work. I really focused on my inner talk. So what my inner critic was saying and catching it. So interjecting it, interrupting it, restating things and slowing down, slowing down my process, slowing down my interactions, slowing down my agenda, which is very hard to do. Like what yeah. I'm expecting myself to do at what time, because I'm supposed to do 10,000 things by 9am in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So just <laughs> slowing those things down made a huge difference and the should still happen. They're going to happen. And it really is about acknowledgement and not judgment. So I just acknowledge, oh, you know, that's not really going to help you today. I'm not going to judge it. It happens. Let that emotion and thought flow through you and out of you. It doesn't have to stick around. It doesn't stay. And you just invite a new thought in. And it's a much gentler process because I was not that way. I was like, shame on you for thinking that Liz, you need to be positive. (laughs) And that just doesn't help you because then you're just judging yourself the whole time. So being more gentle with myself really helped. Yeah. And I wonder if it is a high achievers like persona and the way that we are, because like, you know, again, I resonate so much with what you were saying is like, I have to get like a hundred things done by like 9am. And if I'm going to start a business, I'm going to have it up and running in like a week and I'm going to be start selling. Like, you know, there's, that's kind of how I was driven. I come from a very high achieving family as well. And so it was like this constant pressure to do, 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 do. And I know in my own journey, I've slowed down a lot. So I love that you touch on that whole slowing down piece, because it is hard, especially if you are a high achiever, a doer, a go getter, you know, it is hard to like, pause and take those moments. And then obviously the shaming and the judgment of like the thought that comes in, because I always say is like, you know, it's, it's an, an evolution. It's a process. It's ongoing. Like you don't just fix your mindset and then it's like one and done and you forget about it. There's always going to be things that creep in. So I love that gentler approach to, you know, just again, just like loving yourself and being okay with the thoughts that come in and retraining your thinking around that. Right. So, you know, I talk a lot about autopilot and living on autopilot. And I think that the shoulds, (laughs) And that I'm fine fog, right? Like I'm fine. Life is good. It's all good. Stems from a lot of like the shoulds and expectations, right? Like I should just have this corporate job and be grateful for it and eventually retire. So why do you think a lot of people live on autopilot for so long? (laughs) Because they were taught to. Yeah. Because they were taught to. We were all taught to. And that's something that it's hard to break because you're going against the grain, which is very uncomfortable. Everyone wants flow. I do believe we all want to flow. We want to flow with our family, our friends, our partner, our body, our life, our business. Well, that encompasses society too. Like we don't want to just like 
be in mass chaos internally or externally. Nobody wants that. So when you're choosing to trust yourself, choose yourself and go against what you were taught from societal expectations, your family's belief system, all of these systemic things, it's a big halt and against the flow. So it can be very visceral and it can be so uncomfortable and you might feel like you're doing everything wrong. Like you are doing something that's bad or shameful or not worthy because everybody was telling you for so many years, follow this path, go with the flow of society. Even though we're all numb and unhappy, we're all doing it. So just do it too. And the thought of saying, no, I'm going to hop out. (laughs) Yeah. Go do something (laughs) else. I'm going to go follow my dream business. I'm going to go do something that's not traditional whatsoever. And I always say like the haters, most of your quote unquote haters are not your haters, but actually your loved ones. So more often than not, when you have this amazing dream business and you want to like leave your high end corporate job to become a carpenter and make beautiful wood carvings, yeah, the people that are going to get in your head the most are the ones that show care for you. They're the, like your family members and your friends or your significant other. And people say, wow, that's awesome. What are you going to do about healthcare? What are you going to do? I mean, in the States, I don't know if it's different when you're like, what are you going to do about your income? How is that going to work? Or, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I wish you the best of luck. I couldn't do that. And then you're like, well, I don't know how you're going to do that. And it's like little tiny comments that put in self-doubt. And again, that's like, you're going against the grain. Not everyone can do that. You know, businesses don't work, that kind of thing. Even though people have had businesses forever. Yeah. Forever. (laughs) It all starts somewhere. So it's not impossible, but those little tiny comments, they're not necessarily full on hateful in any way. They're actually in a caring capacity, but they can really get into your mind and and bring in that self-doubt and cause you to not want to go against the grain. So instead, what do you do? You just stay where you're at. You stay where you're at, where you're comfortable, where it's safe, Everybody needs safety. It's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the basis we all need. Yeah. So you stay there and then 40 years go by. Yeah. <laughs> and that happens, you know? And anyways, that was a tangent, but that's really kind of where I see people finally hit a breaking point and they say, Liz, I've done this for 10 years. I've done this for 20 years. How has this time passed? And it, you know, it really is just like you were trying not to go against the grain. You were comfortable. You were safe. That's all you were knowing how to do. You were on autopilot. Yeah. So I want to touch on a couple of things that you shared one around like the family piece or the people that are the closest to you. One, them being the ones that sort of implant that doubt. And I just wrote an article around, you know, I sold one of my businesses in the height of COVID. And so many people told me it'll never happen. You'll never sell your brick and mortar. Like it's COVID. It's so uncertain. Da, 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 and we did it. And so well-intentioned advice can totally hold us back. And it's like you said, usually from people that you care about, whether it's a spouse or parents or whatever, how was your family, how receptive were they to your transition? Oh, yes. I'm, I have a big smile because it's it's a story. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, my spouse, my husband is a rock star, just a yeah. cool human being. And I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky to have him. 
And I could tell him that I want to be a magician in Mars. And he would say, okay, honey, like, I love you. We'll figure it out. Like just so believing in me. And yet when I said, Hey, I want to quit my corporate job that I've worked all these years for, and we're still paying my school debt for to go be a life coach. He said, okay, what's a life coach? (laughs) He had no clue. And he had hesitancy. And he said, well, I don't really understand why anyone would hire you. And I'll never forget him saying that. And it came from this like super confusing, loving, like, I just don't understand kind of place. But of course, coming from high achieving family, I had to prove it to him. And that became my mission, not necessarily healthy. However, it was kind of my plan. I was like, I'm going to show you why this is important and prove it to you. I never needed to do that. But that was a piece that I did. And another thing with my own family, my dad came here from another country and really lived the quote unquote American dream, had nothing, worked his way up. Now is very high achieving doctor, won awards, incredible life, super proud of him. Again, super high achieving. Yeah. And so for him, he was looking at me like, Liz, I have given you this beautiful life. You have been so privileged and have so many opportunities. What in the world is wrong with you? Why would you throw that away to go talk to people about their feelings, but not in a like licensed therapy way, you know, wasn't a licensed therapist. He's like, you're just going to talk to people about their feelings. Like he did not understand. Yeah. And, and he's like, who's going to talk to you? Who's going to pay you? Who's going to talk to you? (laughs) So bless my dad. He was for sure always been my biggest advocate but also my biggest question mark, like he would also push against me a lot and I had to prove myself. So I didn't have the biggest support. I had a lot of people say good luck and that was really hard. So I had to go out and find people that were either doing it already and had already seen success and find my own community of people that believed in this kind of work that knew it was possible and were going to cheerlead me through that. Yeah. And I think that finding that community is huge, especially when the people in our lives don't understand what we're doing, right? They don't get, you know, what field we're going. My husband always says that to me. And again, huge support of who I am and what I do. And I could probably say, I'm going to go do this. And he'd be like, okay, but doesn't understand it, right? He always says, I don't understand what you do. But I also don't understand what he does. He's an electrical engineer. So I have no idea what he does at work either, right? And so it's just that trust that, you know, we're doing what we want to do and pursuing that. And I hear that a lot from entrepreneurs in general. I think they're, you know, if their families aren't entrepreneurs or aren't doing something unconventional, it's really hard for them to grasp it. And yes, they do do the pushback. But it is, I think, like you said, a place from love. And it's just kind of maybe helping you challenge you to think about it maybe differently or really, you know, consider it in a different way. But, you know, you still went after it. And again, you see a lot of people do that and still go against or shut off some of the outside noise. So how did you do that? Like, because I think, again, coming from especially parents who like immigrant parents who have come here, built this life and worked from the ground up, there is a I feel like a heavier expectation for their kids to go on and do this sort of the same that work hard to achieve whatever it is they're going to achieve in that sort of traditional way. So how did you like, shut that off or just say, thanks, dad, I appreciate your opinion, but I'm still going to do my thing. 
So I thankfully have older siblings who went against the grain before me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was in my favor. I leaned into my sister, who's yeah. an entrepreneur herself, highly successful in what she does and incredible. And I did have great conversations with her. I said, like, how did you talk to dad? How did you yeah. handle his beliefs? And what I personally chose to do was be very particular with the things I was going to share. Yeah. What was not to be shady or to keep secrecy or anything like that, but to protect my own energy and to protect my own emotional process. I was so vulnerable and tender in the beginning stages as a new business owner or wanting to be a business owner that I needed to be very careful who and what I said or who I said that to. Yeah. So I would share things with my dad that I genuinely did want his feedback on, you know, because he had his own practice. He had his own business. He was an entrepreneur. So there were yeah. certain things that I did want advice on. And then there was other things that I chose just not to share until I had a little bit more stability for myself to share it. And I would share those things with my coach or my therapist or my husband and a safe, small group. And I think one of the best pieces of advice I ever received when I was becoming an entrepreneur was dream so damn big, dream it big and write it down and put it out there, but keep it small, like keep your people and your story small so that you know, there's no noise to get in there. There's no room for it. Not everybody has to know. And I always thought, oh, you know, like if you believe in manifestation, you have to really put it out there and shout it from the rooftops. Well, you can still absolutely put it out there on paper to those close friends, to your coaches, speaking truth into you, but you don't have to tell everybody because if you share it with the whole world, you will get feedback that is unwanted. And if you're tender and you can't really handle that feedback, it's just not going to serve you. So that's kind of how I handled that. Yeah, I have never heard that what you just said. Like, I have never heard that sort of analogy of like, dream big, but like, keep it small. Because I think you touch on such a big point of like that vulnerability when the idea is new, or you're vulnerable, or you're making a big change in life, and protecting that energy of like, being really intentional with who you share it with. Because you can be swayed so easily when you're that vulnerable, right? And I wanted to touch on more about like how to really trust yourself. You talked about like trusting yourself and leading, but that also takes time. Like when you're super vulnerable, you're also like can listen to other people, right? Like in terms of what they're saying. And so it's like, you've got to almost build that strength of inner trust and knowing before sort of like shouting from the rooftops of like what you're doing. And so it's like, again, a more gentler, slow process. So do you have any regrets now of like the decision that you made? Do you ever look back and think, I wish I maybe would have stayed or whatever? Is there any regrets you have about the transition, making the transition? As far as staying in in the corporate world? Yeah. No, no way. No way. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I figured it out sooner, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I hear that from all my clients, but I do believe, you know, it's all about the right time and when you're ready. And so people think, you know, from the outside, they think, holy cow, overnight, Liz dropped her career, built a highly successful, sustainable business, works from home, travels all over the world and has this quote unquote dream life. They don't know that I planned that for four years. 
Amazing. That I was in corporate for four years before I actually left. That I knew, and that was those four years was me doing the slower work. I knew there were certain things I needed to do and create. So I went back to go get my coaching certification. That's a year and a half of schooling. And I paid off student, you know, I'm still paying off student loans. Holy cow. I paid (laughs) off a lot of debt and I had to get certain ducks in a row. I had to work on my self-trust, believing that if I were to get negative feedback, I had a strong enough intuition and relationship with myself and what I was going for. I wouldn't be swayed and that I would be swayed in a positive way. And I would make that choice on my own. And I had to do that work. So it was very foundational and slow, but people don't see that. Yeah. If you're an entrepreneur and you're looking out at all these other folks that have overnight done things, that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, it doesn't happen that way. And if it does, they may have been really swayed really quickly and it might not be sustainable. They might not last. So I built a business with slow structure and foundation that can grow and pivot and change with what I decide to do in the seasons of life. And it can grow with me. It's not just going to fall off. Again, that whole overnight success. And I love that you touched on that as well, because I think, again, that instant gratification that I want the results today. Why can't I have what that person's built like now in six months or three months? And usually if somebody does achieve like these massive results in six months, They've probably spent, like you said, four years, five years doing something to get to that point that it just doesn't happen. It's not like it's instantaneous. And I think that that causes a lot of havoc in the entrepreneurial space because people want those results so quickly. And it's amazing how you you know shared that it took four years of laying sort of that foundation. You talk about sustainability. And it's one thing that I'm like, I hit home a lot with the clients that I work with and on this podcast, because I see a lot of people like driven by profit and they jump right into business and they want the sales. But you talk about sustainability, that if you don't have that foundation that you've built, it's likely not going to be sustainable. And it's something we experienced in our brick and mortar was that we had built this business, fast growing business with lots of sales, but it just wasn't sustainable long term. What are some of the things that you've done foundationally laid? I know you've worked a lot on yourself and whatnot. Are there any like quick little tips or practical tips of like, some of the foundation building that's allowed you to build a sustainable business? Mm, Good question. Yeah. So a lot of inner work, like you said, but I think as far as quick stuff is I actually hired out from the very moment I decided to be an entrepreneur. Yes. So I was still working full time. This is another piece of advice. I do not encourage folks to jump in the deep end of their business if they do not have the funding for it. Yeah. So I recommend keep your day job. And look at your day job as if it's this beautiful gift of money flow straight to help build your business. If you look at it as this awesome cash flow that is going to help support you build your dream business, you're going to have a lot more gratitude and you're going to appreciate your paycheck a lot more. And it doesn't stress you out. Your general bills are going to get paid. You don't have to worry about the roof over your head. And if you are not stressed, then you're able to... I feel like have better energy around building your business and you're not in this crunch panic of, I have to have all of this and it has to just go so fast and I need money now. And so that is sustainability in and of itself. If you can keep your day job. Now, if you have six plus months of just disposable income set aside, then I think you can probably take that leap. Yeah. 
but I didn't. So that was what I first think is, okay, if you are having to save money and use your day job, you don't have time. You're busy because you're working full time, right? So I figured that out really fast that I don't have the time to try and do all these little tasks to help make it sustainable. And that's when I knew I needed an assistant. And I started out, I didn't have money. I started out with a girl who, you know, I think she was like $15 an hour and she did five hours a month of work. But that five hours a month built up. That's still five hours that saved me time. And then I could focus on the more specific things I had to do that I was responsible for. And then I hired out everything. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where you have to like, I swallowed that pride and I said, I need help. I know to make this actually work. I can't spend, you know, from 9 PM to one in the morning, trying to figure out the back end of a website. I wasn't born to do website design. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you for me personally. No, thank you. Anyone who does that, you're an angel and I will hire you. Like, because (laughs) there is your beautiful gift and talent. So I do believe if you want to be a successful and sustainable entrepreneur, swallow your pride you are really good at your unique gifts. Own that, kick ass at that, and then find somebody else who's great at something that is your weakness or not your strength and hire them. It'll save you so much money in the long run. Yeah, I think you also move quicker when you do get that help, right? Because it's like you said, you can spend nine to one in the morning trying to like, figure out the website, you could hire somebody that can do it in maybe an hour. It's nothing against you as a person. It's just that that's not your zone of genius. So like, let's capitalize on the people that their zones of genius is and you, you do what you do and stay in your magic. I know, again, in our brick and mortar, that's where I felt so drained energetically, because I was like, wearing all the hats of running that business, and took two years before I got help, which is like, the high achiever that was like, I don't need help. I can do this all on my own. Right. And that was a huge learning for me when I started my business was like, just now I hire out. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to hire this person and this person because I just don't have the time and I don't want to do waste the time doing that. And I think it's just so important to, yeah, get the help where needed. And I love the advice about the, you know, keeping your job, right? Like I know I saved up enough money to ditch corporate that I could live off of my savings for the first three months of our business so that I didn't have the pressure. Cause I think energetically, like you said, you get that sort of needy energy of like, I need to make sales. And then it's that, that desperate energy comes out and your audience and your clients are going to feel that. Right. And then yeah. you're not going to attract who you're really trying to attract. It totally. Won't flow Cause you're, no. you're stressed. Yeah. Yeah. I hired out. I'll never forget. I don't know if you've heard of Canva, but it's yeah. like the, so I never used it before and I was trying to make a graphic. And I swear I was cussing at my computer for an hour and a half trying to get this thing. And then I finally gave up and I called my designer who does all my graphics. And I said, can you do this? And not even five minutes, five minutes. She immediately texts me back and says, Liz, it's already done. And I was just so angry with myself. (laughs) Liz, you just wasted an hour and a half screaming and yelling at your computer you got nowhere. You just could have called Megan and she would have got it done for you. And she did, thankfully. So it was just a sweet, good reminder that it's okay to take a little bit of a step back and release. And that's yeah. very hard for high achievers is to release, especially that control. Cause we all have a vision. Yeah. No one else has that vision for us. 
but we can share it with specific people and they can knock oh, it out of the park and totally. do a really great job. Yeah, totally, totally. And that's like letting go and, and releasing. I always talk about the gripping your business, right? Like I was oh, yeah. like, the first business we opened, I was like gripping so tightly and that actually doesn't allow you to expand, right? So like you're gripping it, you're not going to be able to grow because you're just not allowing the things to come in and you're not in flow. It doesn't feel good and all of that. But yeah, it's, you know, you've shared some amazing things for our listeners here today. One of the questions I always ask when we're sort of like wrapping up is what is your definition of success? Oh, goodness. That's so good. My definition of success is feeling fully and completely yourself in whatever you do. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Just being so grounded in who you are and like that whole inner trust and uh, yeah, letting yourself lead, lead the way and that confidence of just knowing that you're on the right path and doing the thing that you want to do. So it's been such, such a pleasure chatting with you today. I cannot wait for our listeners to hear this episode. Where can they find you if they want to connect with you? Yes, I've had the best time. So you can find me on my website at lizpasarin.com. I'm on Instagram at lizpasarin and Facebook at lizpasarin life coaching. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for joining us on this podcast today. Thank you. I resonate with Liz's story and I know a lot of you will too. So don't forget to connect with Liz if you're looking for support around how to start a business around your life purpose, how to find the courage to do that. We've linked up in the show notes how you can connect with her. So be sure to check that out. Now on episode number 18, I'm bringing on another special guest, Joanna Dahlman, to share with you how she doubled her launch with a deep purpose and compelling and captivating messaging. Joanna is on a mission to help people with alopecia heal naturally. After her own diagnosis, she was determined to find a way to get her hair back, and she did. Now she feels called to help others. So tune in next week to hear how Joanna took her own story and deep, deep purpose, plus her whole healing journey and what she learned to double the impact she's making in the lives of people with alopecia. Thanks for listening. We'll see you right back here next time. You can also find us on social media at Creatively Owned and online at creativelyowned.com. Until next time, keep showing up as your authentic self.